Welcome to Two Open Doors, the podcast that explores our power to open or close the doors of relationship with the important people in our lives. We hope you'll learn from and share your wisdom with our community. Thanks for joining us. A sexual exchange isn't just about pleasure. It also entails a power interaction between the two partners. We touched on many aspects of this in last week's episode, in which we featured an interview with an expert in the alternative sexual practices that constitute BDSM. However, power dynamics are also at play in more mainstream sexual exchanges. In this episode, we'll consider some of the ways in which power dynamics manifest themselves in sexual exchanges. We'll also look at the psychological aspects of such exchanges. It's interesting to consider why a person might be interested in exploring explicit power exchange with a partner. As a start, it's worth noting that power is an inherent factor in any relationship. Two partners differ in how they exercise control and decision-making in their individual lives. They also differ in the forms and amounts of responsibility, that is, delegated power, that they exercise in their work lives and in their social roles and interactions. Within their couple dynamics, the partners negotiate the individual responsibilities and areas of control through which they contribute to their relationship. Those allocations of power can be fairly stable over time, or they may be quite fluid. There is no one set of arrangements that suits all couples at all times. Beyond playing into allocations of partner responsibility, the exercise of power can also serve as a playground through which partners can explore how they interact with one another. Seen from that perspective, power can be a means to satisfy curiosity, such as in exploring how one's partner might respond to one's own actions or decisions. Being exposed to a partner's choices can enable one to experience the feelings that those choices might create. For example, having a partner book a surprise trip might engender feelings of gratitude and delight at having that partner arrange a delicious experience. Or one might experience disappointment at not being included in the decisions or in the choice of destination that might seem uninteresting. Through such an interaction, both partners learn things about themselves and about each other. Beyond the exchanges of power that can occur in the course of day-to-day relationships, power exchanges can also be made very intentionally and explicitly. In effect, they can be a form of play, which allows the participants to explore new experiences and new situations. That is certainly what occurs in BDSM exchanges, which can focus on a number of distinct goals. First, the exchange of physical control over a partner. In this sort of exchange, one partner may physically restrict or restrain another, such as by physically binding them to limit motion or restricting vision or hearing. Such practices are referred to as bondage. A partner can also promote or punish particular behaviors, such as by inflicting pain or withholding rewards. Those practices come under the label of discipline. That kind of power exchange constitutes the BD axis of BDSM. Second, there's an exchange of hierarchical position, or authority, over a partner. In this sort of exchange, one partner surrenders specific decision-making or behavioral choices, accepting being controlled by a partner. The partner who holds the control is referred to as a dominant, usually with a capital D, while the partner who surrenders power is referred to as a submissive with a lowercase s. As an example of such an exchange, a dominant master may demand that their partner's slave behave in certain ways, such as always walking behind the master. That kind of power exchange constitutes the DS axis of BDSM. 
And third, there's the possibility of exchange of sensations. Partners can engage in behaviors in which one partner creates sensations while the other experiences and reacts to those sensations. Often, one partner causes pain or some other sensation, such as temperature extremes or tickling, while the other reacts to the experience, which the active partner may then observe and enjoy. A partner who enjoys causing pain is referred to as a sadist, named after the Marquis de Sade, the French nobleman who exemplified such practices in the 18th century. The receiving partner is referred to as a masochist. The inflicted pain may be physical, such as through flogging or dripped hot wax, or alternatively it may be psychological, such as through humiliation. One of the more popular practices in the BDSM community is that of role play. In that practice, two or more participants take on specific roles in interaction with each other. Such an arrangement can incorporate one or more, or potentially all, of the preceding aspects of power exchange, physical control, exchange of personal authority, mind games, and giving and receiving sensations. Sexual role-play scenarios take on many forms, but they include situations such as master and slave, doctor and patient, manager and employee, photographer and subject, adult and child, or even human and animal, all situations that involve substantial differences in personal power. Role-playing sessions may take place in a private or public venue, and they may entail costumes, often including leather, as well as other paraphernalia. Dominant and submissive characters in the scenario are clearly identified. To the extent that role-play has been subjected to formal study, a number of reasons for its popularity have emerged. It has been found to be capable of increasing sexual arousal, reducing stress, or even altering one's state of consciousness. It can provide a form of fantasy that allows participants to leave behind their usual social and familial roles. It can also allow participants to bring particular aspects of their individual personality into play in the group dynamic. As is true of other BDSM practices, role-play scenes are usually negotiated up front, incorporating all participants' desires and boundaries. The resulting agreement is often captured in written form. This creates the trust and sense of safety that free the participants to engage with one another without fear or distraction. For those who have not experienced or are not drawn by the sorts of power exchanges included in BDSM, it is common to wonder how prevalent such practices are, and whether they are potentially abnormal or even pathological. Certainly that is the way in which those practices have been categorized by the medical and therapy community till comparatively recently. Freud was of that opinion, influencing many who followed. The DSM-5 manual that was released in 2013, and which is used by diagnosticians, included, quote, sexual sadism, sexual masochism, and fetishistic disorder, unquote, as diagnosable conditions that required treatment. Despite that very negative categorization, BDSM power exchange is practiced by an estimated 20% of the U.S. population, and BDSM-oriented fantasies have been found in 40-70% to 70 of both males and females in that population, so it's clearly not just a fringe perspective. For a thought-provoking review of these statistics, visit A Systematic Review of the Prevalence, Ideological, Psychological, and Interpersonal Factors Associated with BDSM by Brown, Barker, and Rahman, published in the Journal of Sex Research. It's important to note that BDSM is usually practiced within a strong culture of consent. The partner's desires for a particular scene or play session are carefully negotiated, and BDSM is supported by a community that has strong expectations and emphasis on personal safety and personal responsibility. 
Given the nature of many BDSM practices, they can't be classified as safe, but neither can more mainstream sexual practices. Rather, the goal is to promote safer practices in BDSM and in sex in general. Power exchange explores personal boundaries, and doing so can promote growth and self-knowledge. It invokes the imagination as well as a broad spectrum of physical and psychological experiences. It is also reliant on well-developed communication and negotiation skills, which benefit all aspects of relationship. Power exchange is a very personal experience. It can engage mind, body, and spirit to create meaningful, holistic human experiences. Different people are drawn to different practices. Each participant has control over setting boundaries for their participation, and partners are expected to respect those boundaries. Participation is consensual, and participants often take the trouble to educate themselves about how to be receptive and responsible partners. While not conforming to mainstream expectations of sex, power exchange incorporates the norms and behaviors, such as consensual engagement and a basis in trust and safety, that are necessary in any healthy sexual activities. To learn more about Two Open Doors and to engage with our community, I'd like to invite you to visit the Two Open Doors private Facebook group for posts and discussion and the Two Open Doors meetup group for events. I also invite you to contact me directly by writing to me at claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, at twoopendoors.com. I'd love to hear from you, and I'll use your inputs to guide my work on future blog posts and podcast episodes. Thanks for visiting Two Open Doors.